Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to jump into Revelation 1, 17-20 today. Well, welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week one, day four of our study of Revelation. Let's pray together. Jesus, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us? Speak to us from your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word of reading today from the NIV. This is Revelation 1, starting in verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Pause right there. Yesterday's passage, we see that John is in the spirit on the Lord's day, and he hears this voice that sounds like a trumpet, and he turns around, and he sees this image of, of Jesus, essentially, and Jesus has white hair. He's got a white robe on with a golden sash. He's got flaming eyes, bronze feet, and he's holding seven stars and he's surrounded by seven lampstands. <clears throat> and he's got a sword coming out of his mouth. Um, John is freaked out by this, as I think any of us would. And, and, and if you missed our broadcast yesterday, um, I'm going to reiterate this, and I'll probably say this a few times as we go through this. I am from the persuasion that when I read this, I believe what John is telling us. I'm not going to interpret this as John having a, an angry spat with the Church of Rome and him writing a work of fiction, as you would The Great Gatsby or Lord of the Flies or something like that, where there's symbols involved and we're, we're writing these symbols to mean something. No, he's seeing these things in real time. And Jesus is portraying himself in many ways symbolically, but John is not imagining this or, or creating this out of his imagination. John is seeing this and then describing to us what he's seeing. And after seeing someone like this, it, I think it would freak me out. This is really weird. And so John is really freaked out. And so he says when he sees all of this that he just described in the passage we read yesterday, <coughs> excuse me, he falls down at this guy's feet like a dead man. And I think that's a pretty normal response when you see something this freaky. And so that's exactly what he did. Jesus reaches out and touches him. He says, then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Verse 18, I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death in Hades. There's no mistaking who this is. This is Jesus. He's the one that was dead and is now alive. And he's describing himself, I am the living one. I live forever and forever. And here's the amazing thing. This is going to be one of the biggest things, the biggest themes in the book of Revelation, is he holds the keys to death in Hades. And Hades is... Um, that's a, a Greek word, obviously, and and we understand that's a, a term for the afterlife uh, or you know the bad place, hell, if you will, in Greek mythology. But what Jesus is re referring to here is is death, and um, I I I, I want to explain this. I think in the way that the Bible tries to explain it, I don't know if this is how things work, and nobody does. This idea of Hades in scripture is it's the place where dead people go and wait until the resurrection. And we're going to see in the book of Revelation, there's a moment of the resurrection when all people are resurrected together. Um, and so this idea of, 
of Hades is not necessarily, it doesn't just necessarily mean hell. Um, There are definitely connotations in scripture where it does mean that, but as it's being used here, um, it's this idea of, you know, I have the keys to death and and Hades, this, this holding place, if you will, of all of those that were alive and are now dead. He's like, I have the keys to that. Like, I'm the one who can lock them up and I'm the one who can let them out. And so this is how Jesus is presenting himself as I am the one who's alive and I have the keys of death and Hades. The, the, the ones that have gone on and died before me, I have like all authority over them. Um, and that's going to be a, a very important aspect of our understanding of Revelation as we go forward, and especially when we get to the parts where we're talking about eternity. Verse 19, write therefore what you have seen, what is now and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Now, I told you that for much of the symbolism in the book of Revelation, it's going to make it really easy for us to understand. The symbolism here the difficult symbolism is interpreted for us right off the bat. The seven lampstands are these seven churches that we're writing to, right? Uh, It's, it's the, the seven churches here. It's Pergamum, Thyatira, Smyrna, Sardis, Philadelphia, Ephesus, and Laodicea. That is the, the seven lampstands. Very, very simple explanation. There's, there's really nothing to it because it just makes it that clear. The seven stars are represented of the seven angels of the seven churches. Now, <clears throat> here is a, a little bit of interpretive difficulty with that, is the word in Greek used here is literally messenger. The, messen- the seven stars are the messengers to the seven churches. What makes that difficult, uh, as far as our understanding of that is, is it could be one of two things. Um, pastors, at times, are referred to as messengers, and some people believe that this is speaking about the pastors of the seven churches, the leaders of the seven churches, but also messenger and angel. The word is interchangeable. It's the same thing. And so this could literally mean the angels, the, like the, if you will, guardian angel over that church in the same way that we talked a couple of days ago about how Satan has some kind of authority given to him by God. And we're going to see later in the book of Revelation, he definitely has authority given to him by God. In the same way that Satan has some authority over not just the earth and the kingdoms, but principalities and locations and things like that. It seems like the Lord gives angels authority over geographies and places and, and entities, if you will. <clears throat> Individual churches, the, the church in a city here, um, if you will. And I believe that's actually what we're talking about. Um, because over and over we're going to see this is all about the kingdom of God, not God just like decreeing things, but he actually uses these intermediaries, angels, humans, other created beings and elders and all these things that we're going to see here in the book of Revelation. He partners with all of his creation to, to administer things. And so even though he could, if he wants, just be like, I smite thee with my word and he needs no angel. He knows no other human. And this person is smitten and falls dead. 
What we see throughout Scripture, and especially in the book of Revelation, that's not how God does things. God uses his intermediaries. And I believe in this context, what we're looking at is we're actually looking at angels given um, uh, principal authority over these seven churches. Again, <clears throat> I want to say this actually I am not as interested, I'm not actually interested at all in you coming away from this with my interpretation. I want you to read this, I want you to go through it, and I want you to come to the interpretation that the Holy Spirit brings you to. What I want more than anything is I want to be your cheerleader to read this over and over and over again. If you come to the same conclusions and interpretation as me, fine, whatever, that's not the important thing to me. But I am going to most of the time probably here tell you different viewpoints that people have on the book of revelation and then give you my viewpoint because again i realized after reading this many times is i can't unknow the things that i know and i can't unthink the biases that i have so i would rather make those biases clear i would rather make the things that i believe clear as we go through this as often as i can I don't know that we have all of the time in the world for me to do that with everything, but whenever I think it's important, I will try and lay out the way I look at this. But again, I'm not as concerned with you seeing it the way I see it. I'm concerned with you getting God's word in you and you actually taking it before him. That's far more important to me. But again, I'm going to say what I see and how I believe it, whether you agree or not, just so that I kind of put my cards on the table as we go through this. So I see this as the uh, angels, actual angels, not pastors, but actual heavenly beings, angels that are given authority and principality over these seven churches. I, I believe that fits into this idea of the kingdom of God and, and what he's trying to say. But either way, however we see that, again, right off the bat, we're finishing this chapter with very clear interpretation of some of the difficult symbols in the chapter to uh, interpret and discern. So Revelation is actually going to treat us with kid gloves as we go through it and make it really easy for us to understand everything, almost everything, not everything, almost everything that's going to happen. I'll say this. There are lots of teachers out there that will tell you, you know, oh, this is super simple. Let me, let me just simplify this for you. Or they'll take another passage of the Bible and, and that these seems relatively simple and they'll just make it super complicated and I'll do Greek word studies and they'll just get into all those kind of stuff and make things really, really complicated. Not that Greek word studies are necessarily wrong. I'm just saying they'll <clears throat> take looks like complicated things and try and make it simple. And they'll take simple things and make it really complicated. And, and, um, I don't like to do either one of those. I would rather look at the simple things and just let them be simple because there's enough hard things. There's enough difficult things. There's enough confusing things to stand on their own. So the simple stuff, let's keep it simple. And the difficult stuff, let's, let's acknowledge that it's difficult and let's face it head on, right? There are going to be difficult things in this book. There's no getting around that. But there's also lots of simple stuff like this that's interpreted for us almost immediately. So let's keep the simple stuff simple, the difficult stuff difficult, and let's face it all head on. That's my uh, my thought process behind a lot of this as we go through the book of Revelation and really most of Scripture. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs.
and I can't wait to see you next time. Well, thanks for joining me today on our study. Would you like and subscribe to wherever you're watching this? It really helps more people find out about our broadcast. And my heart is for more people to fall in love with God and his word. 